Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. You guys know Sierra got married last year. It's a lot of work. Oh boy, was it. It's a lot to do. And one thing that really helped her figure out what to do first, where to access certain resources, how to get people to know where they were supposed to go for a wedding. Zola. With Zola, you can discover venues and find vendors easily. You can message and book vendors right on their website. And truly, when I say that that was the first part that we had to do and also one of the most intimidating and hardest, it's so nice to just have them all listed right there and be able to talk to them right there and then. They also have free planning tools, which is really helpful because you don't know what you don't know. And if when you go to Zola, you have a guest list manager, wedding website templates, a budgeting tool because dang, can a wedding get out of hand real quick? Mm-hmm. It could all eliminate so much stress and you'll save so much time all because it's like a one-stop shop. That's so true. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Hey guys. I'm Jerry. I'm Sierra. We're ladies. And we tangent. Here, we want to each hold it. You got to hold one arm. Oh, we're going to do both pieces separately. What's What's up, up, everyone? everyone? Hello. Hello. Look at our merch. Isn't it neat? Um, I have this in a tank top version for Shane, and he put it on and he immediately started, like, turned into 2011 Warp Tour. Yeah. Daddy Shane and was just. Doing mosh pit stuff. Sure. Uh, love it. I also have the uh, the pink long sleeve. Oh. I don't know where it is. I've already worn it and Forrest wore it and that was really cute. And then I'm obsessed with this. That's amazing. I also have this. This is the hoodie um, with the ladies in tangents heart on it. Yes. Uh, and that it's great. That is phenomenal. And it's already covered in dog hair. It so is, apologies. But that's okay. That's all right. Apologies for you. <laughs> all right, dog. Speaking of apologies, apologies to everyone because the dogs <laughs> are, going are fighting over a bone. Clearly, but shit. <laughs> I know, my God. Oh, my goodness. Mosby keeps throwing that ass back into the... I know. The- <laughs> I'm like, okay, my, my MacBook is on my Good Lord. Put this up here. All right. Um, yeah, what I was going to say, too, is if you do order merch, I know there's been some questioning about... Oh, yeah, this is the Palantine's merch, if we didn't mention that. It is the Palantine's audio. merch. And yes, it will ship after the show. Like, yep. it, So it's going to take a while. But that's only because we... It's to, essentially like a pre-order. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically like when you used to have like Girl Scout stuff and you would order it, but they can't 
like put the orders into the system until they get all the orders, which yes. is going to happen after the show because you can order merch up until the show and even, even after. after. So yeah, what what fun? So there's there's that. <laughs> what fun is right? Yes. Um. Also, we are not going to be doing a whole lot of chit chat in no. this episode because um Sierra has a lot a lot of notes I and do. we this is an important topic and it we want to make sure that we get through it um but should we tell them what I did to you yeah i think probably okay. yeah <laughs> you can go ahead so we're going to tell you one short story and then we're going to get into it okay so my dad is the cemetery director. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I went to visit him today after Ollie's preschool screening. And I'm sitting there, we're talking, and I look under his desk and I see this box, which I am immediately horrified of mm. because it says cremation remains on it. And cremated remains, yeah. Cremated remains on it. All and over it. All over the box. And it it's like a US Postal Service <laughs> box. Yeah. And then it has cremated remains. And I'm like, that's I didn't know that was there. Is yeah. there someone in that box <laughs> right now? And he's like, No, nah, we buried him yesterday. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Can I have that box? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you want this box? And I'm like, I want that box. I need, so I, I took the box with this plan that I was going to tell Sierra that we got something in the P.O. box that needed our immediate attention. Uh-huh. And so she came over and I presented her with this box. Yeah. And I gave her scissors and I was like, this is horrifying. What is in this box? Oh, do you want me to tell? Yeah, or sure, are we can... going to wait until they see it? Uh, I mean, that's up to you. We were gonna, we can tell you what it was, but I did record it. I do think it's probably poor taste to put it like on TikTok or something. I don't know. You guys let me know. Maybe we'll tell you the story and you tell me if it's okay or not to post the video. We, it was a funny prank. It might not have been. Yeah, it's a funny prank between us. I didn't intend to. Yeah. I just wanted to have it just in case. But um, we will share the video on Patreon. Um, I just don't, I feel like, Letting the masses see that prank would be <laughs> yeah. too much. We get, but. we get yelled at for a lot of things. Yeah, you, you have tell to me remember. if you think it's too far. So she essentially, I opened it up, and there was a letter that said, "Hi, um, Jerry and Sierra, I love you so much. I recently became a member of the Dead Grandmas Club, and me and my Mimi used to sit and watch you guys all the time. We loved you." God, I wish you had the notes still. Well, you'll be able to see it because I read it aloud in the video. Yes. But basically saying, um, and I recently became part of the Dead Grandma's Club. And so as soon as I heard you guys talking about cremation on the last episode. Yeah, I knew that I had to send <laughs> some of my Mimi <laughs> for you guys or something yeah. to that effect. She's my bitch in a box. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and then signed it. She so was reading this note aloud like, uh, it, basically laughing the entire By time, the way, like I, in disbelief. Because I'm shocked and yeah. also a little excited. <laughs> I'm not supposed to tell you guys that because Jerry said, disclaimer, please don't send us any of your dead relatives. But yes. also, <laughs> at the same time, I think you expected me to be horrified. I did. I expected her to be horrified <laughs> because I would have been horrified. And instead, I was so giddy <laughs> because she's like this has to be a joke and then she I thought looks, it was a, like a prank she looked in the box and there was a blue velvet bag yeah she picks it up and she goes here's Mimi <laughs> <laughs> and then and 
I want to say I wasn't excited because of a dead person. <laughs> I was excited because I was like, how special that someone is choosing to like, to like send, like trusting us with their relative who is recently deceased. <laughs> and I was so ready to like, let's go find a spot for Mimi. <laughs> like, she needs to be some, I was going to take her to my sunset spot. Yeah, <laughs> like, mad respect really gonna, for Mimi. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna treat her right. Instead, I did pull out the ashes because I needed to see. I was, I like, was no hoping way. because, and this is where I asked Shane if maybe I took it too far <laughs> because we do have Louise's ashes, who was it was my dog, and so I just got her blue velvet bag with her ashes in it because I also knew it needed weight because yeah. it didn't have weight in it, and I don't know how much a person weighs, and so I didn't like know how. I much... did think we were gonna get all of Mimi. <laughs> Honestly, well, I was like, this is so much. Probably a, a tiny beagle's worth of <laughs> Mimi. Yes. Beagle's worth. Sounds like a rich, evil person. Um, anyway, but she she did, in fact. I pulled it out and then immediately saw the, the hair. Because <laughs> they give you a tiny bit of your dog's hair. It's very sad. The ashes. And I was like, wow. She also said this was some of Mimi's hair. That is dedication. Also, Mimi was like, not that old because that is jet black hair. Unless she was dying it in her 80s. My God. But also then I noticed the sticker said Louise Steinmetz. And I was like, wait. You can see me processing in my mind. Being like... And the last fucking thing I thought was that you were pranking me. I was like, oh my God, her grandma had the same name as your dog. That must be why they feel so connected to us. That makes the mental gymnastics you And then through. I was like, wait a minute. What did someone, is someone stalking us and they murdered your dog? And this is their way of being like, surprise. I knew. Like, I knew that you weren't going to initially think it was me because I don't pull pranks. I don't Mm-mm. like pranks. I think they're stupid. But this box really. Mean. <laughs> yeah, this box really got my wheels turning. And I'm like, God damn. Not I got to mention this prank has. She's been plotting this all day. Because <laughs> all day. I will say earlier we had a fun little. I went. Uh, we were working from home today because I didn't feel yes. too hot. And then you had cabinets coming. Yep. So. um. I, but around noon, I decided to take a little break ski and go get myself coffee and get mm-hmm. Corey something to eat and myself something to eat. And so I went through Starbucks and there's somebody that's there who listens to the podcast who used to work at the other coffee shop where we used to go to work sometimes. Right. And so as soon as she saw me, she was like, see her. Hi. And then I was like, oh, my God. Hi. How are you? And then she literally looked down at her thing because you must ordering and she goes oh my god she like turns her headphone away and she goes it's jerry this is jerry <laughs> and i was like you're joking and i i then she starts calling me while i'm ordering and i was like i'm gonna have to call her back in a second and then uh i did that and she goes are you enjoying your starbucks <laughs> So creepy. Which, like, you called me when you knew I was ordering, so I couldn't answer. And then you asked me if I was enjoying it, knowing I hadn't even made it to the window. I just wanted to scare you. I wanted you to be like, because you were like, what? How do you? Where well, are you? Now I'm justified in pranking you. You are. My I, prank was better than your was. prank. <laughs> it was. I had the cremation box next to me. Did you? When you called, yeah. Well, that's why. So then. I had just picked it up. So this is why. So she goes, oh, my God, I have to tell you. Because I said, what are you doing at Starbucks? You silly, silly goose. We were there at the same time. We must have both had like a work break. And she's like, well, I actually stopped at the P.O. box. And 
I'm a little scared because of the what we got in there. And I was like, what? And she's like, you'll have to see. And I was like, what could it be? I thought someone put like for the ass munchers or something on the Because <laughs> no, no. I was like, hey, man, my some of my mom's friends work at the post office. Like, you got to be cool when yeah. you're sending this shit. <laughs> no, Sears, first, when she saw the box, she was like, I got to show this to Corey. I took a picture immediately. I was like, this is what it was. I, there's something wrong with me that I got so excited. <laughs> I know. I'm now more concerned for my safety after that prank. <laughs> I was just like, this is such an in well, first of all, I was like, this is a fucking amazing story that I can't <laughs> wait to tell for the rest of our lives. That somebody was so like loved us so much that they trusted us with their dead grandma. Do not send us your Please relatives. don't. Hey, disclaimer. Please. Disclaimer. Please don't. As much as Sierra would love it, no, please don't. Please don't. Don't. Because Jerry won't like that. And don't find my address and send it to me. Because I will That's call. horrifying. I was going to say, I will call the cops on you immediately. <laughs> Can you imagine calling the cops and being like, hey, um, someone sent me their dead relative <laughs> in the mail. And I in don't know. In the mail? <laughs> yeah. And they don't know my address. So that's scary, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't do that. But also, if you if you would have, I would have taken great care of her. <laughs> Well, I was like, you know, we sorry. can take Louie to the sun says what? No, I got to ask Shane. We got to keep. I don't know what he just wants to a do. little bit of her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. That's You're not, not my spot anymore. <laughs> well, if you wanted to, I would okay. take care of okay. her. I'm just saying I'm I will take care of all of your relatives dead or alive. Louie's favorite spot was in the window. And I don't think <laughs> we can put her there. <laughs> You just put her in the Dust. window still <laughs> and like put something over it so mm. that you can't pick her back up. One time I found her in the window. Well, I like got home from the store and I heard crying and I opened the door and she was standing in the window. I have a video of it. A stop? Like a stop? <laughs> I'm confused. Was it open? Was it closed? What's it happening? was my front window, my uh-huh. very large window. Yes. She had gotten on the couch uh-huh. and then walked onto the window <laughs> and then walked so far out that she couldn't turn back around. So she was just stuck. How did you get up there? It's okay. It's okay. You're okay. okay that I felt sounds, really bad. That was sad. That, but anyway. that sounds like Louie. Big rip Louie. Was she here still when we started this? Yes, oh. she was. If you listen to the beginning episodes, Louie. Yeah. Louie is in, in some of those. Big rip. Mm-hmm. Louise. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Oh, yeah. Let's check and see if we have any sponsors. I am obsessed with clothes. Oh, yeah. It's a problem for me. It's a problem for my closet. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's why I'm so excited to be sharing Newly with our audience. Because Newly is a way to try out trendy styles, colors, silhouettes, all different kinds of things that maybe you've been interested in but are like going to make your bank cry. Mm-hmm. Now you can rent them for a period of time and then you just ship them back. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. That's another beautiful thing mm-hmm. because a lot of places may not have options yeah. for everyone. And this has so much diversity, not only in the brands that they offer, but also they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. It's fun. 
it's sustainable, and you can save because you get to try out a bunch of stuff that you like, or maybe you're like, I don't know, maybe I would like this. And then you get it and you're like, "Ah, I don't think that's for me, but there's no commitment to buy it unless you really do love it. And you're like, you actually can't have this back, Newly. I'm keeping it. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six dials, but right now you can get $20 off of your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code TANGENTS20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y dot com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code TANGENTS20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code TANGENTS20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Do you think seeing a therapist or psychiatrist would be helpful, but you don't have the time to actually find one and meet with them? or afford them? Try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable. Honestly, a lot of times you make that appointment at your appointment you already have. I don't know when I'm going to schedule my breakdown. I don't know when I'm going to need to talk to somebody. And with Talkspace, it's so nice because you can send messages to your therapist so you don't have to wait for your next session. Talkspace therapists can help with any specific challenges that you might be facing. And it's the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationship issues, so much more. Plus, therapy can help you find the tools to cope in difficult times and just be a guiding light. So like maybe you're not going through something really intense, but you just have like, I don't know, a work issue or something going on with a friend of yours that you just need an outsider's perspective. And Talkspace is amazing for that. They also are in network with most major insurers. So check in on that. Yeah, absolutely. If you got it. Plus, as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off of your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash tangents and enter promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash tangents and enter promo code SPACE80 to get $80 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Tangents, promo code SPACE80. Spring vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming around your house, you probably want to smell them and not your litter box. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Pretty Litter, you can. Seriously, nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. And I'm serious when I say that the, whatever magic is in those crystals, I cannot smell anytime. My cat will literally poop right next to me and I don't realize that she did it until I hear her litter box start going. It's lightweight, low dust and one six pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals also change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat like urinary tract infections, kidney issues and so much more. Which is super helpful since cats can't talk and that's important information to have. (laughs) So true. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. I know because whenever I go over to Sierra's, it's there. (laughs) have some. Seriously. But it's so nice because I don't have to change it as much as normal, but I still have some on deck then whenever I do need it. And you won't run out and you don't have to go to the store and carry around a giant thing of litter. Go to prettylitter.com slash tangents to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash tangents to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash tangents. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You guys know that we are a big, big fan of some sexy text, if you will. Oh, yes. A little. And some of you are as well. We know this because you have an entire Facebook group dedicated to it. Exactly. (laughs) We're super excited to be able to share Dipsy with you guys because Dipsy 
is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. That's important. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. You can discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, uh, and hot and heavy hookups. I'm just saying, I get that made even, me feel tingly just talking. I know about it. it's a, it's cool to be excited about sex yes. or like your sexuality and reclaiming that in a way that is so personal and intimate to you and you don't have to feel ashamed about it like yeah. it's fun exactly dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners and 56 percent of stories are voice acted by people of color which is great because we love we, we love, love the representation yes new content is released every week and they also have soothing sleep stories wellness sessions and sexy stories you can read so if you are more of a visual person than an audio person we got you covered that's me and you know i'll just be maybe um sitting at home after i've got the groceries you ever just sit in your car for like 10 yes. minutes because you don't want to yeah all the time you just pull this out have yourself a little <laughs> session yeah, yeah. Just a, a nice lovely read prep the rain is to, pouring oh, down come on prep yourself to go in and see your partner and yeah. be like what's good what's <laughs> exactly. good with you baby for listeners of the show dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash tangents that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash tangents. Dipsy stories.com slash tangents. Yeah. Okay. All well, right. Well. <laughs> and we're transitioning. We are going to transition. Into something serious. Yeah, very serious. And that's why we wanted to not do a lot of... We're going to have more of a chit-chatty because we had a good week together, I feel. So yeah. we want to talk about that. We're going to do that on our Patreon. So yep. patreon.com slash ladies and tangents. I apologize for anybody who's like, what? I want to hear the chit-chat. But I want to dedicate as much time as I can to this because I think it's a very serious topic. And mm -hmm. it deserves it. And I spent a freaking long time <laughs> researching about it. So I'm excited. I'm going to do... What I hope is justice for it. Yeah. So. And I'm probably just going to get mad. Knowing, knowing that I'm, you will. Yeah. Knowing that I'm, one, not a journalist, and two, I have ADHD like a motherfucker. Yeah. So I apologize to you because there might be uh, quite a few times where I pause and you okay. might have to pull those out. But oh, no, I just want to okay. make sure, because last time we did this, I got names mixed up and I just want to go at a good pace and make sure I yeah. don't fudge anything up. Yes. Pauses are totally easy okay no worries also so we are doing a tangents and true crime sort of but we've kind of decided i don't know if we talked about this here on briefly Patreon. i think we've mentioned it so we're kind of um setting like a how we want the months to go like a schedule like a, yeah a little bit of a structured schedule in a way um i think but we'd all benefit from that yeah ag agreed and we all like a bit of a routine mixed with a bit of chaos. And I think yes. that's what this podcast is yes. all about. So we're going to definitely do like next week is Valentine's Day that it'll be coming out. So we are doing host stories. Yes. Another one. So please, if you have some and you want me to look over them, um, we now have an email. So L and T. So land T stories at gmail.com you can email me your ho host stories and as long as you put like host stories in the subject line i will know to read those ones yes. and that's what we're doing next week then we're gonna have like days like today where we're doing a tangents and true crime but we're doing less of a true crime and i mean it, it this is gonna be a true crime because it involves murder but i want to do less of like 
giving like a serial killer and do things that maybe you've never heard about that also have a bigger impact on something like historically that we've never heard about. So that's what we're doing today. Cool. And then a couple other little things uh, throughout the month, like, you know, maybe having a dog cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I wonder if Louie's going to come through and be (gasps) like... Hey! Hey! Stop touching my ashes! (laughs) Yeah, I'm not. Oh my god, that was a bad week to do that, or a bad month, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't predict when you're gonna find a cremated remains (laughs) box, box. and then you gotta like fucking pounce on it when you do. That's true. Not not (laughs) sorry. Yeah. Also, speaking of months. That's the reason why we chose to do this one this month is because it is February. So now it's sorry, Louise. Not Louise. (laughs) Louise. This is Birdie. I never thought she was Louise until you just made me handle those ashes. (laughs) I didn't make you handle them. You voluntarily handled them. Oh my God. She's in my mind now. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. So the reason why we wanted to do this now was because it's february so it's black history month and um we are going to be discussing sundown towns and also the murder of carol jenkins Mm got to do with each other so let me rattle off my sources real quick like i'm a professional podcaster and this is a (laughs) professional podcast okay wikipedia No, seriously, but it was good. But I also have an article on blackpass.org by Ross Cohen called Sundown Towns, a 2002 article from The New Yorker. This is a big one. And actually, this article kind of helped this case get solved. So um, from The New Yorker by Mark Singer called Who Killed Carol Jenkins? What a 33-Year-Old Murder Has Done to a Town, a book by sociologist Dr. James W. Lowen called Sundown Towns, A Hidden Dimension of American Racism. And if you want to learn more about Sundown Towns, please read that book. I got it. I am. I, I mean, I've just been skimming it, but I am going to read right. it in its entirety because it's very um, informative. Uh, an episode of the podcast, My Favorite Murder, because that's where I first heard of mm-hmm. this and was like, whoa, that's something that I didn't know about um, in regards to sundown towns. And that it seems like a big part of American history. Why weren't we taught about these right. things um, as white people? It's maybe not something we should be ignorant about. Right. Turns out it's because they're probably still around. Yes. So, um, And episode one, season one of the Injustice Files titled Sundown Towns. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what sundown towns are. Okay. Um, sundown towns, this is straight from Wikipedia, also known as sunset towns, gray towns, or sundowner towns, are all white municipalities or neighborhoods in the United States that practice a form of racial segregation by excluding non-whites via some combination of discriminatory local laws, intimidation, or violence. Mm. Um, the earliest legal restrictions on the nighttime activities and movements of African-Americans and other ethnic minorities date all the way back to the colonial era. A shocker. Right. Um, I, also, I put this part in, and I'll tell you why in a bit. There's a reason. So the General Court and Legislative Assembly of New Hampshire passed um, an act to prevent disorders in the night in 1714. That said... Whereas great disorders, insolencies, and burglaries are oft-times raised and committed in the nighttime by Indian, Negro, and mulatto servants, and I hope I'm saying that correctly, enslaved to the disquiet and hurt of Her Majesty's subject, 
This is, again, while we were still. No Indian, Negro, or mulatto is to be from home after 9 o'clock. So they had curfews. Yes. And I wanted to put that part in specifically because, and I know it's like 1714, and this is such like a uh, extreme example that you can see. Um, But when people make laws like these, and we're still seeing this today, any kind of laws like this, they think they're doing a good thing. Right. And it's easy to pass because they're telling the the world, we're protecting you. Yeah, their constituents believe that they're in danger and that yes. this law is being in place, being put in place to protect them. Yeah. But like from, from who? Right. It, from what? But that's the whole thing. Is, yes. And, and again, you're still seeing this. Yeah. That's why like terms when people are saying thugs and things like Mm -hmm. that when it comes to police and uh discrimination and injustices that we're seeing today are like what do you who do you think they're talking about when they say things like that and you know because when they say it you know who you're picturing right and it's because they describe those things when they're talking about black men mostly but black uh, men and women who have been killed unjustly by police officers right that's and just a small example we've talked about that before i think in um cognitive dissonance or yeah. maybe it was um it was one of our first video ones and yeah. it was a really long name it was something that you were learning in college yeah do you remember what i'm talking about yes but i can't remember it can't. was the one where we talked about like your first thought isn't your fault but your second one is yeah 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 and yeah. i think we've talked about like when people say these words, which they do intentionally, yes, yes. they intentionally cre- use this terminology to kind of elicit an emotion from you, yeah. knowing that you're going to picture who they mean without mm-hmm. having to say it. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said, like, you know who you're picturing, that is where you have to, like, check your bias. Yes. And, like, why am I thinking that? Yes. That, why am I thinking that? That's what I'm saying. That? I'm not saying that you're—I want this to come from a place where I'm not accusing you or saying that you're a bad person if that's the first thing that pops into your head. That's not what I'm saying because there's a reason why, and they're doing that for that reason. Like, it's—and that's not your fault, but if you don't check that and right. you don't fix that, then that is your fault. And that's why we want to bring this to... That they would continue to get away with it. Yes. That's yeah. why we want to bring that to your attention. Um, and this intimidation could occur in a number of ways, but mostly including harassment by law enforcement officers themselves, which is mm-hmm. not a surprise as back then um, a number of people, and this is not a, like bias or judgment, This is there's recorded like evidence Evidence. that lawmakers, government officials, law enforcement officers were part of the KKK in a lot of the United States at a certain time. Mm -hmm. So, And you have to think, too, that if that is their mentality going into these um, positions of power, why wouldn't they make these laws to then be able to act on their prejudice? Right. Under the guise of I'm protecting law you. and order. Yeah, this and, is for your protection and I'm doing a good thing for you. And they could also just be intentionally harming someone who didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. and But they can spin it because they have the power. Well, that's what we're seeing with, um, quote unquote, illegal aliens and the, the yes. way that they're spinning immigration and, um, you know, innocent 
people who mm-hmm. are locked away in cages, children. Yeah. Um, and the way that they spin that into it being like, but I'm doing this for you and so it's okay. I don't need you to do that for nope. me. Nope. I don't want you to. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, new laws were enacted in the 20th century. City planners and real estate companies used their power and authorities to ensure that white communities remained white and black communities remained black. That was on purpose. Yes. Um, these were private individuals making decisions to personally benefit themselves, mm-hmm. their company's profits, or their city's alleged safety. So their methods in creating sundown towns were often ignored by the courts, of course, because they it was all... A bigger plan, right? you know? In addition to unfair housing rules, citizens turned to violence and harassment and making sure black people would not remain in their cities after sundown. And this is not just um, specifically black Americans, black and brown, Jewish Americans. Like, this happened to anybody that basically wasn't straight white. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I don't even know about straight at that time. As long as you were passing yeah. and you were white. You were good to go, but anybody else, it was like fair game in these areas to basically be harassed and right. worse. Well, and if I'm you sure same sex couples as well. Oh, if you were caught, I'm sure. Yes, yes. It's just minorities in like, general. Yeah. yeah. Um, since the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 1960s, and especially since the Fair Housing Act of 1968. Uh, and the prohibition, their prohibition of racial discrimination in the sale, rental, and financing of housing, the number of sundown towns has decreased. However, in that book, um, the sundown towns, a hidden dimension of American racism. Dr. James W. Lowen says that it is a, it is impossible to precisely count the number of sundown towns at any given time. However, he believes there was at one point over fifteen thousand. Holy shit! With over ten, two to ten thousand suburbs that were within them. W- yeah, that were also sundown towns at, at a certain time. Um, that wouldn't surprise me, right? But because most towns have not kept records, be- because. <laughs> Why, Why the fuck would, would they? Right. Yeah, they're embarrassed and right. rightfully so. Um, it is hard to say who's what. Well, the and that's what gets hard was. too is like someone wouldn't have to necessarily label their town a sundown town mm-hmm. for the law enforcement officers um, to still have bigotry and racism. Right. Oh, 100%. Them. Especially if, and again, we've talked a lot and we've said. Or citizens. Yeah. We've said, actually, you just mentioned this the other day when it was just you and I, how you're proud of us that when we talk about like ignorance, mm-hmm. we say it in a way like you and I are ignorant and we don't say it in a way that's necessarily like a shameful or bad thing because I think it's easy to be ignorant if you grow up somewhere that is predominantly all white, right. not very like, uh, not a lot of minorities. But at the same time, check check those when right. when you're realizing when that you're a kid maybe and that's... you're yeah when you're a kid and you're growing up you don't necessarily think about it you're just like oh this they just don't live here yeah I don't know well, yeah I don't know why they don't live here right but like now when you get older and you get exposure to more things uh-huh. and we have access to so much information you kind of have to actively choose not to know. Exactly. And learn. Especially nowadays. Yes. That's why we're doing this because I think it's important. And again, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm like calling out a specific group of people, but No, I think it's important. It's important to learn your history so we don't fucking repeat it because it is so easy 
to repeat these things. And it is still ongoing, even though so many people will tell you it's not. I'm going to use an analogy that I don't know. I'm going to be building the plane as I fly it here. We'll see Mm -hmm. if it lands. But when you're talking about things like this, I think people imagine you're in a room. Okay, and it's dark and someone is explaining to you something, some kind of an object. Yeah. And you think you know what it is. Mm-hmm. You're like, for sure, I got th- it. I know exactly what that is. It sounds so familiar. I'm I, I I think it's this. Yeah. And then someone turns the light on and it's not that. Yeah. And they're like, but it it had to be that. Mm-hmm. And now I feel angry that it's not that and I feel um, stupid that yeah. it's not that. Yes. Do you want someone to turn back off the light so and you pretend. can still pretend that it's that mm-hmm. even after you've seen it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that's the point that we're making yeah. is allow yourself to have the light turned on yeah. and give yourself grace that you didn't realize you were in the dark. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. Did I it mean, land? That was good. Did the plane land? God damn, <laughs> okay. that was good. So, black Americans were not the only minority group not allowed to live in white towns. Oh, my goodness. So okay. sorry. <laughs> um, so, for some examples, the towns of Minden, Nevada and Gardnerville, Nevada, had an ordinance from 1917 to 1974. Holy shit. That required Native Americans to leave the towns by 6.30 p.m. each day. A, this the, I just don't understand. Uh-huh. I just don't understand how you can look at a group of people and be like, you're no longer allowed here. Well, especially, sorry, especially like the group of people that like, this is their, that's their area. Yeah. You fucking stole this I from mean, the them. whole place is yeah. theirs. So like, what fucking audacity yeah. to be like, not you. I don't know. That's why I wanted to to leave that little part in the beginning, not to justify in any way, but just to be like. There are little things that people do to make it seem like they're doing the right thing. And it's when you strip those away that you realize how barbaric some of these acts really fucking are. Yeah. Uh, So then listen to this shit. A whistle, which later became a siren, was sounded at 6 p.m. daily alerting Native Americans to leave by sundown. In 2021, this is last year, the state of Nevada passed a law prohibiting the appropriation of Native American imagery by the mascots of schools and the sounding of the sirens that were once associated with sundown ordinances. So, like, for fucking sports shit, they used to use... Can you imagine... I'm like sick over that. I know. That's why I'm so sorry that, but no, that's okay. I'm a little desensitized because I've been listening to this shit for about a week, but that was how it hit me first. Because when people are like, just leave them alone, it's a sports team. Why do we have to change? Can you fucking imagine that being at a sports game or playing in one or having your children playing one and hearing the fucking sound? Like it's a celebration of something that used to tell you to get out of a town or you could be murdered. Right. Justly. Yeah. Un- unreal. We talk about how um, we talked about in uh, the residential schools mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. how there are people who are still very much affected by uh, because there are still schools in yeah. certain places that are stripping people of their culture, of their identity, and causing generational trauma. There are people who are experiencing the effects of the generational trauma of of those who went to those schools before them. Went, I mean, were forced. Yes. Um, 
and so now it's they are still being re-traumatized mm-hmm. and it's it's mocked. Yeah. It's like, okay, first I'm just gonna minimize your existence and force you out of a place that you are totally within your right to be. Yeah. That was yours in the first place. And then I'm going to take the thing that traumatized you, um, instilled fear in you mm-hmm. and and separated us as human beings. And now I'm going to use it uh, to announce that I've just scored a touchdown. Yeah. Oh, do you want to? He- uh, let's add gaslighting to the mix then because to dis- minimize it. Despite this law, Minden has continued to play its siren, claiming it as being a nightly tribute to first responders. Get a fucking tri- a different tribute. Yeah. Wh- what Pick is a th- different thing. Why, Why tribute to what? To I don't know. What I were they? What were they first responding to? Right. With that. With that siren. Yeah. You know what I mean. Very upsetting. Get a different thing. Play a whoop whoop, like a do 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 do. You, <laughs> if go, you out want on, to. go out and clap. Yeah. Remember everyone yes. was doing that during COVID. Go Actually, clap that was for really them. Nice. Those videos always used to make me cry. Yeah. Very emotional. Yeah. This that's horrific. Uh, horrific. It's upsetting in a way that I like it's it's so naive of me to even say like I can't imagine. I'm mm-hmm. like upset that I can even say that because yeah. what a privilege of me to not even be able to imagine feeling that generational trauma on the level and having people minimize it as like Constantly. would you re- relax? It's not that big of a deal. Right. <laughs> Horrifying. In Nevada, the ban was expanded then to include Japanese Americans. Um, two examples of road signs documented during the first half of the 20th century include in Colorado, there was literal signs up on highways that said no Mexicans after night. And in Connecticut, whites only within city limits after dark. What in the actual fuck? And you guys wonder, uh, and by you guys, this, that's obviously a generalization. So, yeah, but like people wonder why just this year during freaking the Chinese New Year. Yeah. And that horrible mass shooting that happened. Like, you wonder why people still have these huge amounts of prejudice and this racism and this hatred that makes them do these horrendous acts. It's because it used to be under the, they used to be protected under the law. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And normal. Right. And we're, we're and in some cases, some kid can go across uh, state lines with his mom underage with a gun that wasn't his and still do it and be protected under the law. Yeah. Yeah. And you and just like you said, maybe that kid wasn't alive during this shit, but his parents were his right. grandparents were. Right. Where the fuck do you think that do you think when they make these things illegal that those people just go, oh, boy, I was wrong. No, no, <laughs> no. That's why you Where have do you to think keep... the whole snowflake thing comes from. Yeah. Oh, people are too sensitive these days. Sensitive? What do you mean? Because we don't want people to be kicked out of a place that they are they should be allowed to live freely and safely. Or murdered, harassed, right. threatened. Okay. Yeah. Racial exclusion in sundown towns was also achieved with violence. Um any black or brown Americans who lingered in sundown towns, even during the daytime, experienced harassments, threats, arrests, and beatings. It was not uncommon for black motorists passing through these communities to be followed by police or local residents to the city limits. In extreme cases, hostility towards black Americans resulted in extrajudicial killing. Horrific. Mm-hmm. I, can, I feel like when you put it in that context... 
you can think of any of the names yeah. that that have yeah come there was across. just a ju- there are some like it just keeps happening yes and every time it does people like Ahmad Arbery he yeah. was followed by yes. two people yes they were then convicted but like how long did that take uh, and what had to happen for them to finally be convicted right they were just two citizens following this guy around and murdered him yeah Tamir Rice yeah like I no, it just it boggles my fucking mind. That yeah. people can just roll up and be like, sorry, I'm going to take the law into my own hands. Yes. Or the law shows up. Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. The law shows up and uh, <clears throat> Breonna Taylor sleeping. Yeah. Chilling. And they're like, well, could have been. Yeah. You could have been the person who I needed to arrest, even though you weren't. And now you're dead. And then it's just excused as like, well, mm-hmm. you know, they were they could have been a threat or they were a threat. It, it, it's like what's well, their word against yours and they're dead now. Right. So how the fuck is that fair? And if you look at the track record, who has been elevated mm-hmm. and who has been painted to be a, a terrible person? Yeah. Or just inherently bad. Well, yeah. Year, years and years and years and years. We're, right. we're seeing that in just this small amount that I'm sharing with mm-hmm. you now that unfortunately... It's easy for you, and I'm talking to you, it's just like... Ambiguous you. Yeah. Um, to be ignorant to that if you are somebody who is a white person who didn't hear about these. I mean, it took me until I was in my 30s to know that this, these existed in a place where I live. Right. And so it's easy to kind of be like, well, why would these people lie to me, I guess? Or why would they... It's so hard to believe that like an evil, this evil exists in the world and has existed in the place where you live. Right. And um, that it's kind of been the norm. So it's you want to challenge that. You want to say, no, it's not. No, you're wrong. But it's not. And there are millions and millions and millions and millions of people who have been telling us. That it's not. So and I it's think, time that we listen. Well, and I exactly. And I think we want to believe that the people who we think love us and want the best for us are being honest with us. But if we believe their truth, mm-hmm. then we're calling all everyone of the people. Everyone else a liar? Yeah. Everyone who has actual lived experiences, we're calling them liars. Yeah. Or we're minimizing it. We're gaslighting them. Yeah. So, like, that's... I will never... And this is why we would get in fights with people. Yeah. When they would come to us and be like, police officers, blah, blah, blah. Um, I get it. I understand. However, I'm never going to look at someone who has always been in a position of power and who has always been respected and portrayed in a positive light in the media. Because even if a cop is portrayed negatively, in a television show, like a scripted one, yeah, it's always like that's the dirty cop, yeah. and there's always so many more that like get him, yeah, and turn him in and make it clean again, and right. like that's not accurate. That doesn't happen. How, how yeah, how often? Especially back, especially back in right. the time period that I'm going to talk about. It's like how often did they? Before we had cameras and things like that, constantly being. How often were things like this caught? Right. Or was it just your word versus mine? Right. And then how many times you can talk to anybody who's had these experiences and they will tell you over and over again how this is not new, how it is not something that has just happened in the last two years. So it's not just about the one 
in the city that they found like on a TV show. It's like, how, but how many were keeping quiet for that guy? Right. And then you're also not a good person if you do that. Right. And not all, I know, please, please, we're not, not all, I know, this is not the place for that because yeah. it's not, please try to understand the deeper message that we mm-hmm. are portraying here before you just get triggered by the, the small amount that we're saying. Because even saying not all, to me, you're minimizing. Yeah, what has happened? Every person's experience with the bad. Yes. And I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to say, well, not all are bad. Who's who's saying that, though, for the POCs? Yeah. Who is saying that on behalf of the people who are being murdered? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I I don't want to hear not all cops are bad. Um, I don't know that. (laughs) Yeah. And we've made this. Um, comparison before is to not all men. I don't know that. Yeah. And I'm not willing I'm to not take wi- it. Right. If you're going to sit me in a room with a hundred men, I, I'm afraid of all of them because yes. I don't know the good versus the bad. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell by looking at them. No. Same thing with not even just law enforcement, but people anybody, of power. Anybody in power. That's what we're trying. Yes. It's anybody in power because it's just, it's the lawmakers. It's the government officials. They are just as much to blame. Yes. Okay. Um, the, ri- the rise of sundown towns then made it difficult and dangerous, obviously, for minorities to travel long distances by car. Think about this. You just want to take your family on a nice vacation mm-hmm. and you have to fucking worry about where the fuck you're able to stop for the night where right. your children and your family will be safe. Or where you can, where your destination is going to be. Yeah. Where you're going to stop for gas. Yes. Can you, can you stop to eat? Eat. Yes. In 1930, um, for instance, 44 of the 89 counties along the Route uh, 66, which goes from Chicago to Los Angeles, featured motels or restaurants that were prohibited and um, that prohibited black and brown individuals from entering after dark. 44 out of 89. That's almost half. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Um. So in response to this, Victor H. Green, a postal worker from Harlem, compiled a book and he called it the Negro Motorist Green Book, which was a guide to accommodations that served black travelers. And the guide was published from 1936 to 1966, basically highlighting where you could go, where you could and couldn't go. It is amazing that that resource existed. Horrific that it it had had to. to. And even like sadder that this. Now is the first time we are hearing about this. When if yeah. you talk to anybody of color, I'm sure th- their parents, their grandparents will tell you they knew because at the time, at the height of its popularity, it was used by over two million people. Oh my! And God. that's just something that has never even been on our fucking radar. Not we never wouldn't have even known about. And it was stopped. It was not published anymore in the '60s. Um, it stopped. Yeah, 1966. 66. Yeah. Okay. Well, our parents were alive. They were alive. So could you imagine even today, regardless of whether they are labeled sundown towns, mm-hmm. right? Do, are any of them really safe? Right. Right. Have they really made that much of a change? Yeah. I, or even Still, if they most did, of them let's are... say they absolutely did. They mm-hmm. made a 180 and they are just the most welcoming place ever. Mm-hmm. Are you going to risk it? Yeah. Right. No. No. And again, this is why if you're any, a person of color, I'm sure they'll tell you or their parents or some. 
Like they know this shit. They've yeah. known this shit. This is not new to them because I'm sure growing up, they heard things like that. We can't stop here. We can't, you yeah. know, like it's fucking upsetting that yeah. that's even had to be something that was on anybody's radar at any point in time, let alone as a small child. Right. Um, okay. Historians have found that most sundown towns deliberately hid the means by which they became and remained all white, obviously, mm-hmm. because not right. something to be fucking proud of. No. Apart from oral histories, there are often few um, records that describe precisely how sundown towns excluded black and brown Americans. Laws and policies that enforce racial, enforced racial exclusion have largely disappeared. Shocking. Oh. But de facto sundown towns existed into, well into the 1980s, and there is evidence that there still may be some today. Upsetting. Yes. So that, And I think that there would probably be several people listening who would say, I wouldn't be shocked if my town was a sundown town. Well, I'll tell you, there. if you would like to find out, there is an, a website that you could go to. I'll tell you it right now because I looked up ours. Um, and ours was not, just so you're aware. Oh, that's But good. there is one very close to us that was. Oh, I'm uh, well, sure. Well, it's probable. So there, it lists like um, possible, probable, definitely was. Like there's yeah. things like that. Okay, so the website is justice.tougaloo. So that was a, a college, I guess. Uh-huh. So Tougaloo is spelled T-O-U-G-A-L-O-O dot E-D-U. So if you go to that, um, and I think you can put slash sundown, I just typed that in and it like took me to the sun uh, into Google and it was like yeah. a drop down box. But I went to Ohio and looked it up. So here's here's all the uh, ones oh in Ohio that God. were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see how far I'm scrolling still? Yeah. So. <laughs> Hey guys, we know that we're discussing a pretty heavy topic right now, but we are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Ladies and Tangents is sponsored by Claritin. Luckily for those that live with symptoms of allergies, you can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I will tell you, it's so funny because in my household, Corey recently was like, I think I'm getting a cold. I'm getting a cold. I'm getting another cold. I'm like, hey, babe, I think you have allergies. I think maybe you just need to pop one of these pills. And guess what? All of his symptoms went away. I'm like, "Mm, I don't think it's a virus. I think it's just weeds. (laughs) And I also know that whenever I go to Sierra's house, my allergies kick into place because of a certain pet. (laughs) So true. And thankfully, I'm able to enjoy all my time there. Now, just after I take a little Claritin D, clears me right up. All my (laughs) symptoms are just like, what cat? (laughs) 
Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Get non-drowsy relief for allergy symptoms with Claritin D. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful release is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. We all have some New Year's goals, you know, and I know a big one for me was advocating for myself and kind of doing better for myself. And one of those things means, you know, better food in my body, fuel for my body. Mm -hmm. And HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door, which takes the hassle out of dinner time. And you, 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 know that you're going to have something that's delicious and, and good fresh. for your body. Yes. yes. And you don't have you can skip the grocery store, which for us it is so difficult to find time to go to the store and even when I'm there I forget like half the stuff we actually need or and, you get too much, too little. Yeah. And I don't want to have to th- I end up eating the same things over and over again because I don't feel like figuring out something it's else. another mental task. Yes. And so HelloFresh, with HelloFresh, I don't have to think about it. They're like, here are your meals. Here's how you make them. Here's some lovely pictures for you to follow. Yeah, you know you're doing well if it looks like this. Yeah. And then there you go. No matter your lifestyle or meal preference, HelloFresh has recipes sure to please everyone at your table. So they have veggie, family-friendly, fit and wholesome, so many different varieties. Or you could just do what I do and just scroll through them all yeah. and then find the picture you like. Because the they have pictures <laughs> and it's the best. I hate when I go to restaurants and they don't have pictures. So I'm so grateful that if I get on the HelloFresh app, I'm like, I know what I'm getting and that looks good. It's so nice. And sometimes the names sound intimidating because yeah. I have a 10-year-old who could be sometimes a picky eater especially when I'm telling him we're having salmon and couscous tonight and he's like I don't know what that is but I show him the picture and he's like oh asking no questions that looks good I do that with my 31 year old as well yes (laughs) you have to so go to hellofresh.com slash tangent 65 and use code tangent 65 for 65 percent off plus free shipping that's hellofresh.com slash tangents 65 and code tangents 65 for 65 percent off plus free shipping that concludes that portion Um, I wanted to I'm mention sorry. this. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to because I'm trying to be so respectful, but things like this get me into such a like. Like a heated. Yeah. Like that I have to make a joke or I'm just going to sound like I'm fucking yelling and <laughs> being upset because when I learn about these things, it is so upsetting. And it's even worse that I like didn't know. And I feel silly and stupid mm-hmm. for being ignorant, almost like I'm a part of the problem, which I guess in a way I am right. for that. Even though I know being ignorant isn't my fault. It's like, okay, I'm 30 now. That's not an excuse anymore. So right. it's just upsetting when I hear that. Like I'm shaking talking about it, even yes. though I've been deeply looking into it for over a week now. And still it's like hitting I can hear hard. It in, yeah, I can hear it in your voice too. Because I And I also saw you like messing with the couch. And those are two tells for me that like, you know, this is important, but you don't feel 100% comfortable because yeah. there's, there is like a... We're, we're, what do we even know about this? We're white, right. we're privileged. We are like, what could we even say but at the same time like the fact that we are talking about it 
is a start. Yeah. And that's all like you're never going to get anywhere if you don't just move. Yeah. So oh, definitely. Move. And it, it because it's so emotionally charged and rightfully, yes. rightfully so. There's going to be uh, potentially I hope we get a good response, but there are potentially going to be people who told me either I things were wrong about it which is fine if you do I totally understand and like I welcome that but then you'll also get the I'm defensive what you said was wrong and it doesn't apply to me or my town or whatever and Mm -hmm. it's like I just don't want to deal with that but at the same time if you're gonna aim it at someone I'd rather you aim it at us than at people who don't deserve it and have been dealing with it generationally forever so like fucking bring it on I guess I don't think it's and I think that's our approach to most things is like it's not fair for us to be like, I don't want to deal with the backlash of of speaking out for someone who is being hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? O- over like fucking our entire course of history. Right. So if you're going to have a backlash for anyone. Yeah. Bring it on, I guess. I, I did want to. Sorry, I just touched your toe. Oh, I did. <laughs> I did want to mention um, two uh, black creators who are also um, like online educators oh yeah Um, please one is monique melton um her instagram handle is mo m-o-e motivate and she has a podcast uh it's called shine brighter together um she also has uh courses so she has um like multiple courses that you can take online basically how to become an anti-racist like how to how to become a better ally and like some of the things that she posts are very triggering to me because I feel called out but that's important it's important because she does not shy away from challenging my whiteness essentially and how I show up to support Mm -hmm. uh people of color yeah of, of any kind but mostly she speaks like uh, from her experience as a black woman and it's it's powerful and yeah. it's important chiquita patterson is mm. the other one that i wanted to mention so she has a racial awareness guide the handle is united street tours so they also have um a class how you can be a white ally basically there's a quick guide um where you can figure out how to be a better ally and giving you some next steps. There's like online courses where uh, there's she's speaking like directly to you, um, almost like a live stream and giving you educational resources. So those are two that I wanted to mention that have been really inspirational and informative. And to know that these women put themselves out there um, and do so much work to offer information to people yeah. like they don't have to do that. No yeah. one ha- no one owes you that. But they are putting the work in. Yeah. Despite being the people who are most obviously affected, affected by, by it. it. So yes. anyway, just wanted to mention those for you. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to talk about um, the murder of Carol Jenkins, unfortunately. Okay. So a little backstory. Carol Jenkins was one of six children born to Elizabeth Gooden. Um, And in 1949, when Carol was still a toddler, her mother remarried um, a man named Paul Davis, who took Carol in and treated her like she was his own. Paul says in reference to Carol's biological father, she went to see him when she was 15 or 16, but she called me daddy. So she was very much a daddy's girl, very much like that was 
her dad growing up and yeah. even though she knew of and had met her biological father like she, she had a Paul's. relationship with this guy yeah um the family lived in rushville indiana and so a little bit of like a setup here. She Carol was uh 20, I believe she was about to turn 21 years old. And she her dream growing up as an adolescent was moving to Chicago and becoming like a model, a career in modeling, but unfortunately, uh you got to have some means to do that. So right. at the time she was working in a factory in like an in assembly line position, mm-hmm. but the factory just went on strike so she had to supplement that income a little bit so to do that she got a job selling encyclopedias door to door and um for everyone who doesn't know everyone gen z encyclopedias (laughs) was like the internet before the internet was around it was on paper and there were like so many fucking books that you had to buy Uh, did you have someone come Mm -hmm. to your house to try and sell them we've had encyclopedias yes we had like kid versions yeah so i was like obsessed with them me too i was like you have to get all of them yeah I need every letter they were so and i don't think i don't think we had all of them because we, we didn't you know? we didn't have them all either but we did have a few and they were like so interesting i, I loved know, I like, reading encyclopedias i was really really <laughs> kind of lame to say now. i was torn between wanting like the weird letters mm-hmm. And also wanting the ones that probably had the most stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, right? Like, you got to get the A's and the S's and the yeah. T's and whatnot. <laughs> so, because you could, when you were a door-to-door salesman, you were working off, or, you know, commission. Yeah, commission. So, like, she figured, okay, I can make some money. She was a good-looking young uh, woman. Right. She was a black woman um, living in Indiana. And if you didn't know a lot about Indiana in the 60s, uh, wasn't wasn't great. Yeah. There was a lot of... KKK racism. Um, yeah. Well, there was definitely that was like a big area for like the Ku Klux Klan, and it's funny when we talk about sundown towns because you would think like, oh, big in the South, but it, it was more so in the North because the hmm. South was so heavily populated it, with Black Americans, uh, and and obviously like Mexicans. Other races were down yeah. South a lot. That like the north towns were where or the northern states were where all of the predominantly white areas yeah. were who had these kind of like. And I think people would when you would think sundown towns would naturally think mm-hmm. the south yeah. or places that are typically more shown as uh, bigoted racist places. Yeah. But no, guess yeah. what? It's all of America. Yeah. Surprise. None of us are exempt just because we're like. The North didn't have slavery. Like, yeah. Or we, we moved away from it. Right. That's still, nope, racism no. exists fucking everywhere. Yep. So, unfortunately. Okay, so the day uh, of September 16th, 1968, Carol had to attend training for um, to, like, do this. But then she was going to set out with a couple of co-workers, three co-workers, actually, another 19-year-old black woman and two white men. And they were going to start selling. So um, they were going to Vince, Vincennes or Vincennes, Indiana. Okay. I looked up the French way to say that, but it, this is America, so we, they probably butchered it. <laughs> but that's where their destination was supposed to be, okay? During the training, though, they were told that the best time to sell these encyclopedias were in the, was in the early evening, like when people were getting home from work, getting mm. ready for dinner. So at the time that they were driving, um, 
they were about 90 miles short, but they decided anyways, because it was like almost 4.30, that they needed to stop where they were. And that happened to be in Martinsville, Indiana. So at the time, Martinsville, Indiana, didn't have the best reputation in regards to racism. Um, and it was suspected, at least, to be a sundown town. From the New Yorker article that I read by Mark Singer, this is a quote. I recall more than a decade ago while reporting a story in Indiana, hearing Martinsville mentioned tan tangentially, tangentially, oh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I can't say words. But it made me feel like special Sorry, okay. for some reason. <laughs> and being told that it had an all white population and that black people made a point of not stopping there. That was my first encounter with the legend of Martinsville. The notion that it's a racist town where no African American, much less a solitary and attractive African American woman, would want to be caught after dark. In the years since, Martinsville's civic burden has, in many respects, worsened. Discussing Martinsville with reporters from other Indiana cities, I've found that the conversation never gets very far before, before references of the Ku Klux Klan creep in. Also, the year before this, in 1967, there was a KKK like meetup, like rally in Martinsville. In Martinsville? And they said that um, like one of the leaders said that the reason they chose to meet up there was because of the town's like history of, history of yeah wel welcoming of their pop their uh kkk population i guess i don't know Ugh. so um then an indianapolis star columnist named ruth holiday also wrote a couple stories about carol jenkins and described martinville as having been quote a ku, ku klux klan stronghold that I'm just gonna say KKK because that shit's gonna fuck me up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I can't. No, you're fine. I'm already like heated, and my voice is so all right. Also, Carol's half brother Larry had visited Martinsville before to play football, and he recalled it being a very racist town where the students and adults alike threw out various racial slurs at the young football players. And in fact, while me personally looking into Martinsville. I found numerous complaints about this all the way up to 1998. Um, and if you're wondering what kind of things they were saying, just think of the fucking worst shit you can. And then, yeah, that was said to right. young to chill, high school. And I'm sure that like just because it's not been necessarily reported since then, I highly doubt. Oh, it's a I think it was Sports Illustrated, I believe, did a fucking whole article about it because they were like suspended then from. Uh, being allowed in tournaments and shit after well, good. being heard for a year. I think that's it oh, for a that's... fucking year. I think people watch Remember the Titans and they're like, "Oh, wasn't it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Look, everyone was doing that dance and mm. ain't no mountain high enough." No, what? No, nope, sorry. Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, it's called whitewashing. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't show you all the parts where they were getting spit on and called the n word repeatedly. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay. So whether or not Carol knew about this at the time is unknown, uh, whether she knew about the history of the town. It's possible that she thought that she would be safe traveling with other people, especially since she was with two white men. Or maybe she didn't feel comfortable telling them that she did know about it because, again, how the fuck would they? It's number right. one, it's your first day on the job. Mm -hmm. You can't be like, um, actually, we can't stop here. And I'm you guys don't understand why. But let me try to explain to you why. Right. So they ended up stopping there and they decided that they were going to split up um, 
go door to door, try to cover more ground, and then they would meet back up around a local gas station at about 10 o'clock at night. So were they all going out solo or were they splitting up two and two? I think they all went solo. Okay. Either way, if they did go two and two, the women ended up being split up. Right. So, um, however, at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock, I'm sorry, when they all were supposed to meet up, three of them showed up and realized that Carol Jenkins was nowhere to be found. Because you, I can't imagine... And this is in the 60s. Yes. That. By the way, this is five months after Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Just to give you a a fucking. Time frame. Yeah. I can't imagine two men in the 60s at like the height of the civil rights movement and also the height of misogyny. Right. um, Letting two women go door to door selling by themselves but i don't think I they can gave see- a shit no no no. <sighs> but if they were black they oh, would yeah. know yeah y- you can't come with me because they're not gonna right. want to buy from me right but i think if it was a white woman right i think yeah. they would have you yeah. know what i mean 100 percent. i totally get yeah okay so um as she was going door to door uh, Carol noticed that she was being followed by a black car. And so she's walking to these houses. She's going door to door. She's looking over. She sees it following her in her peripheral. She starts walking a little bit faster. Um, then it comes up behind her and they start shouting things at her. And she becomes frightened enough to knock on the door on the next door. And luckily for her, she the people who opened the door were a newlywed couple. They were a white couple, Don and Norma Neal, and they had just moved in there. And um, she apologetically explained that she was frightened and they told her to come in and that she could wait in there while they tried to phone police and get some help. She explained to them that the men in the car had followed and yelled at her, but she couldn't make out exactly what they were saying, but obviously it was not nice things. Right. <laughs> um, it was enough to frighten her right. into... Potentially going into a house where she didn't know if there was more danger. Right. So Don Neal ended up going outside then. But at this point, the sun had set. I think it was after 630. Um, And so Don went outside to see if he could see the car. But he couldn't see the black car that she had described. However, across the street, there was an unfamiliar light colored sedan parked near his house that was just kind of idling there. So... He, the car's parking lights are on, um, but he couldn't see inside the car. So he kind of goes around and like gets enough so that he can see the license plate. And he tried to memorize the numbers, um, but it was kind of difficult to see with the right. lights on and whatnot. And every time I think about that kind of situation, like if I would need to memorize oh, a license plate I for whatever reason. Fucked. I, I In my mind, I'm like, I could do it. No fucking no, way. No, I would forget almost. I can't remember. I just I don't know learned my Corey's own. phone number this year. <laughs> <laughs> I made a point to memorize Shane's uh, when we first started dating yeah. because I had my ex-boyfriend's and the guy who I texted when my ex-boyfriend made me mad number memorized. <laughs> You're like, I got it just for how to spike. Now I feel guilty that I don't have my actual love of my life so right. number memorized, but I had those two. <laughs> I don't remember those two now. Not that anyone cares. Good. But, but <laughs> you don't I, what I'm them. saying is, it's tough. Yeah, it is tough. And I think he did, but you'll, you'll, we'll find out why that didn't fucking matter. So. <sighs> Okay, when he returned to the house, the car then drives away. Sorry. 
The Neals telephoned the Martinsville Police Department for Carol, um, and they dispatched a patrolman who stuck around for 10 minutes, long enough to get a statement, basically, and then was like, yeah, it's, what are you going to, we can't do anything about that. They didn't do anything to you, so basically mm-hmm. what didn't offer to drive her back to where she needed to be right didn't offer to like help in any way write it down right like all of it was just like sorry there's nothing i can, what do you want me to do about right. it and then just fucking left mm-hmm. so luckily uh i'm sorry norma i want to say nancy but i knew that wasn't her name <laughs> so luckily then norma is like, I'm going to drive you around. We will try to find somebody that you came with so that you can at least have somebody to walk around with. Right. So they're driving around the neighbor- neighborhood for several minutes trying to search for her co-workers. They can't find anybody. Um, so she takes her back to the house and they wait inside. Back at the home, um, they offer for her to stay until 10 o'clock and then say, we'll drive you back. And this is around, I think, 8, 8.30. But Carol turns down their offer to remain with them until it's time to rejoin her colleagues, saying, quote, um, she had been a bother long enough. Oh. Mm -hmm. When Paul Davis, the father, hears that, he said, quote, that sounds like her. I always felt like she was a very sweet, sort of naive girl. She had a smile for everybody. She never was in no kind of trouble, never gave me no trouble. Carol didn't like imposing on anybody. That's so sad. Mm -hmm. So the Neils tried to get her to stay, but she was like, it's okay. I'm good. I can go. No worries. Uh, So this is at 8 o'clock. She thanks the Neils, and she leaves. Not quite an hour later, 10 blocks away, near the corner of Morgan and Lincoln Street, um, which was just a block shy of her destination. Yeah. Eyewitnesses say they heard the scuffle. They look outside. They see her fall. Okay. So nobody else is... They don't see what happens, but they did see her fall. To them, it looked like she just fainted. She passed out. So I believe it was a teenage boy who lived across the street. He runs out and he calls um, for help. And in a nearby restaurant, calls police. Police arrive and she's alive, um, but they call an ambulance and they deliver her to Morgan County Hospital where she is pronounced dead. Only then at the hospital was her brown wool jacket removed and she has barely, but there's a blood-stained white turtleneck. And when they do an autopsy on her, they see that she has a single puncture wound on the left side of her chest, which has punctured her heart. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, my God. Horrible. Um, The Martinsville... I'm so sorry. I'm like horribly messing my words up. The Martinsville Police Department, at that point then, when she collapsed, nobody knows that it's a crime, really. But also at the same time, maybe you treat it as such. So, one, it's raining at this point. It's like downpouring. Got it. And two, they don't set up any kind of parameters to like, so they, it's horribly like. um, Mishandled? Yeah. There's people walking all along the crime scene. Right. Her glasses and her notebook were both discarded during the scuffle and both have been picked up and like handled by people. Um, There were about 50 people hanging around and like walking in between the crime scene. And 
the yeah the notebook was found lying near the entrance of an auto repair shop more than a half a block away from where she fell meaning she was probably chased at some point right. because she dropped her stuff and then ended up where she right. ended up um and basically the cops were like well we we don't know what happened we don't think that race has anything to do with it based on nothing right just we don't think it that's an issue they said Again, based on nothing, she probably was had an advance by someone and she turned them down and they got angry. And so that's what happened, which is kind of also adding victim blaming into the fucking like, well, if she hadn't have been saying no, then, right. she, then it wouldn't have happened. So you basically were balancing racism or misogyny mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or a happy little combo. Mix of the two. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Not to mention... Like, that- that's even better. Like, I don't think it's race. I think it's because she's a woman. Yeah. Uh, mm. <laughs> Neither's both are, good. Both are horrible. Yeah. Uh, so then Don tells the cops, hey, I saw this car, and this is a license plate for it, and they apparently ran it but got nothing. Mm. So either potentially he, he didn't say the numbers wrong, or they didn't want to run it or they ran it and didn't like what came up so right they never found a murder weapon um but they did find the dark colored car that was trailing and yelled at uh and they found the driver and his friends who were teenagers i believe and the teenager admitted having followed carol but denied yelling at her he said we were following her to see if she was okay and and we just asked if she was all right because we didn't think she was okay which is like, and the cops were like, sounds fucking good. Bye. <laughs> like, you're not going to ask any more questions. You're right. not going to like. This is the whole like their word against. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And it's infuriating because it's like, do you think she would have ran into a house scared out of her minds if some people were like, hey, are you OK? No, no of course not. But they're, they're also already. Yeah. Making her some kind of a villain yes. or um, she deserved it an in idiot. a way. Yeah. They're like, oh, she just misheard him. Oh, yeah. she just turned down in advance. It's yeah. like, why is this all her? Yeah. And in, in your word versus hers, because right. she's not here to tell you. So this is back from that uh, article by Mark Singer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's from an Indianapolis newspaper reporter. Quote. The town became a clam. I got the impression real quickly that there was something funny. I began knocking on doors to see if anyone had seen this gal, and I got nothing from the townspeople. After a while, we learned that nothing was going to happen, and even if somebody knew something, they were afraid to talk. They really didn't want outsiders coming around. It was cooled and cooled until it was futile. So we ended up just making routine calls, and when you called, you got the standard, the investigation is continuing. You knew if anything was going to happen, it would have... It would have to be an anonymous tip. After a while, the thing just petered out. So basically, people were like, I'm not going to talk, even though there yeah. were witnesses who said they saw like little things, but yep. apparently not enough to. But, but the people who were in charge of following through on any of it had no desire no, to figure it out. Obviously not. So the case goes cold for over 30 years. Damn. Yeah. Um. Then... In June of 2000, Carol's mother, Elizabeth, receives an anonymous phone call from someone revealing the name of the killer. Could you imagine living with that information for 30 years? Well, they did it. Technically, you'll see. Okay, okay, sorry. Technically, they did and they did it uh, because the, the anonymous tip says that they know this because there was an eyewitness. And the eyewitness was a seven-year-old. <gasps> yeah. So... 
Elizabeth, who's the mom, tells Paul that uh, this happened. And so he takes out $10,000 from his retirement savings to hire a private investigator to look into this. This man is fucking amazing. Um, Then after Paul's effort, the Indiana State Police get wind of it. And then they're like, we're going to fucking do something on this now. So they assign two cold case investigators to look back into the murder. In November 2001, the investigators receive an anonymous letter then again naming the killer, Kenneth Clay Richmond. So, this is the one that says that the seven-year-old who was the eyewitness was Richmond's seven-year-old daughter. (gasps) Yeah. Okay. So, this is where, I mean, it's all fucking sad, but this is like fucking unthinkable. The fact that you did that. In general, horrifying, but mm-hmm. you did it in front of your child? Yeah. So so Richmond's estranged daughter um, of 24 years, so they hadn't spoken in 24 years. Her name is Shirley McQueen. She confirmed that as a seven-year-old, she saw her father kill this woman. Not only this, she describes her father as a horribly violent racist man who said that if he ever caught her or her sister even dating a black man, that he would kill them. <gasps> Mm-hmm. Fucking terrible human being. So she says that as a seven-year-old, she's in the backseat of the car. Her dad and an unknown passenger are driving around drinking while oh. their seven-year-old is in the car. And they see Carol out walking around. She describes seeing the two men jump out of the car when they see Carol, chase her down the street, grab her. And then her dad runs back to the car, grabs a screwdriver, <gasps> runs back, stabs her, and then they get back in the car and they're laughing. I'm sorry. This part has me like, my heart is racing because I'm disgusted. I'm, um, I'm like speechless at that. Mm-hmm. That like, you chased her. Yeah. Why did you need to run back? Right. Why did you need to like any of that shit? When they drove away, McQueen, Shirley, she says she looks back and she will never forget seeing her fall next to the bush. She states that as they drove back home, her dad gave her $7, one for each year that she was born because she was seven, and told her not to tell her mom what she saw. Mm -hmm. You're worried about mom finding out? I think anybody. He just told her keep quiet about it, basically. So... The the way this was found, apparently, was Shirley had told her sister-in-law, Connie McQueen, what happened. And uh-huh. Connie ended up, she's the one that, that gives the anonymous tip. Got it. Um, not only that, but when she, Shirley co- corroborates the details of Carol's murder, uh, detectives believe her because she gives, number one, they didn't tell that it was a screwdriver that killed her. And also, she says she saw Jenkins wearing a yellow scarf, and the yellow scarf was found near the scene, and that wasn't released to the public. So they believe that yes. Kenneth is the the killer. Was he still alive when... Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's... You're going to get more pissed. For more than 33 years, the murder of Jenkins remains unsolved until May 8, 2002, when police arrest Kenneth C. Richmond in an Indianapolis nursing home. Upon his arrest, Richmond was found to be a 70-year-old career criminal who has had charges, by the way, of attempted murder and a murder charge, both that he got off on, by the way. 
Um, with a history of bizarre behavior and affiliation with groups such as the KKK. At the time of the killing, Richmond lived on a nearby Hendricks County farm, and he was passing through Martinsville on the way back to his farm when they saw Carol. When he was about to be tried, so he's, he's like on, tr- or whatever, about to be tried for this murder, he dies of fucking bladder cancer. And the whole time he d- he says he's innocent until he dies. But I guess on his deathbed, he did admit to doing it. However, he never says who his accomplice is, which is fucking infuriating. Right. Also, this entire time, Don and Norman Neal never stop trying to find Carol's Aww. killer. They work t- like with the police, with the family to try to find. Yeah. Um, they're in the injustice files episode that i watched and they are such like they end up moving from martinsville because they're getting repeated deaths like well, threats I'm sure and harassment and shit like that for even speaking out and trying to find the fucking killer which What's is so just like the people who are paid by tax our taxes mm-hmm. to defend and protect and find these people who who commit these crimes mm-hmm. and make sure that it doesn't happen again, stopped yeah. looking or never started in the first place. Yeah. But the people who just were wanting to help her in the first place and unfortunately and probably parents, felt so much guilt yes. for letting her go. And her parents, they had to be the ones. Yeah. To, to hire a private investigator yes. to get shit done. They had to literally pay to find out. Mm-hmm. Just who, so they could get closure. Yes. Because they didn't even get justice. No. No. If there is such a thing. Right. Um, in 2014, the Neals pro- proposed to have a monument. Uh, I think the Neals actually were working with the family, and they all proposed to have a monument erected in Martinsville in Carol's memory. However, the plans were scrapped after the county commissioner, Norman Voyle, said that he, quote, started getting flack about it. Because the people in Martinsville were like, the killer wasn't even from here. Okay, what? Who gives a fuck? Does it like, matter? It's everything that happened after. It's her getting harassed the entire time she was there. Yes. It was. What do you mean? She, it's it just a matter. simple. Why would yeah. you not? Uh, why would you not support a, a symbolic representation of the change that you want to make uh, of the the part of you that you want mm-hmm. to make sure doesn't carry on? Because it's easier to get defensive and be angry. And, and and act like continue to yeah it's not my fault i didn't do bad. it it wasn't me it wasn't me personally so why should i have to why wouldn't you want to right well that's but we keep hearing that and it's like what if you could right a wrong though wouldn't you even if you're not the one who committed the wrong right. maybe why, why wouldn't you want to if it helps anything yes anyone However, uh, a community park in Rushville, Indiana, was rededicated in Jenkins' names as Carol Jenkins Davis Park on November 1st, 2017. And uh, in 2017, a memory stone was placed in the garden of Martinsville City Hall. And I believe at that point, the mayor also like publicly apologized for it. But it's almost like a little, too little too late at that yeah. point. Like, OK, thank you, I guess. Right. Um. Unfortunately, many in Martinsville and the county surrounding it still deny the town's past and and they can become incredibly defensive when even questioned about it. We see that happening in the uh, injustice files. They send a couple people 
in to like just talk to people in the diner and the owner immediately comes over and is like you guys have to fucking leave like well she doesn't say fucking but you guys have to leave you can't be in here you can't be talking to people about this like shuts it down almost immediately except that you've been in the dark and let someone turn the light on like i don't i don't understand why do you want to keep fumbling around in the dark if the light switch is right there it's somewhat you don't even have to touch it i know it's harder i know it creates more work than when the light is on you see everything that now you have to fix yes it was broken when you were stumbling around in the dark and i get that it sucks now that you have to put it back together but do you want to keep stepping on broken glass or do you want to start fixing shit right Okay, but the point of the story and this entire episode isn't just about Martinsville, Indiana, specifically. In fact, as Dr. Lowen says in his book, quote, Martinsville's not unusual. For the most part, precisely what is so alarming about sundown towns, their astonishing prevalence across this country has made them not newsworthy, except on special occasions. Murders sell newspapers. Chronic social pathology does not. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, it's thank a heavy you. one. Well, yeah. thank you for doing all of that research. No, like I'm, that's... I'm happy. I'm happy to, and I hope that I did it at least a little bit of justice. Again, if you want to learn more, there are so many better resources. I I had a week's time, and yeah. it was kind of as thrown together as I could. And, and again, this is this is we want to start a conversation. Yeah. This is not the end all be all. Like, no, we I want... don't want this to be the last thing you hear about it. I would love you to continue this because right. it's so important. And again, it might be something that's like, why do I have to learn about history? But it's because it always repeats itself in one way or mm-hmm. another. And if you can see what happened then and see how it slowly built over time into like this evil fucking thing. You can see the signs of when it's starting you now. You can see the through lines where it. it's maybe manifesting, maybe under a different name yeah. or behind a different mask. Two different some, people. Yes. Um, and we haven't done an episode like this in a while, not because we don't want to. It's just we hadn't. I don't know. I, I think everything was just a little bit crazy with the holidays and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it, but, things are tough. These yeah. are tough. They're tough because you want to do them. I want to put as much as I can into right. it, but also emotionally they can be difficult, but right. they are important. And that's yeah. why I never want to stop doing them and I want to make them more of a, a routine free, thing. Yeah, and that's why um, we, we just, I hope that as many people stay to the end of our scandals episodes yeah. or our just like silly goofy time ones like our drunk histories i hope just as many people who make it to the end of those make it to the end of this because as as important as it is for us to bring you community and friendship and laughter and and be your little dose of serotonin it's also very important for us to educate ourselves and use what mm-hmm. we've learned to help um, educate you as well and yeah. start a dialogue and advocate for people who are continuously overlooked and mistreated. Yeah. So. Yeah. I I didn't want it too much to sound like I was just lecturing, but there was just so much and I thought so much of it was important and I wanted to get as much of it out as I could. Yeah. And yeah, as as it's not our usual thing, but it is so important. And if there's one thing we can do with the platform that we have been like gifted (laughs) because it feels like a blessing to us at times it's like i want to do enough to give good with it yeah i want to do good yeah so um let us know if you have any other resources or if you have any other topics in in this vein that you want us to talk about because like we said this is going to be more of a routine thing um but 
uh, thanks so much, guys, for yeah. hanging out. Um, we appreciate you. We do. And uh, that's that on Sundown Towns. And I wish that they weren't a thing to be a that. You <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, but we love you so much. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. We're out. Goodbye. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.